0: Scripture teaches us not to be yoked unevenly. Now, most people just think of this as you know, our friends and our family don't get married to a woman who isn't a Christian if you are. But this goes far deeper. Yes, it's important to have Christian friends. Friends who believe like you do. They don't have to be as strong spiritually as you are. But the people you hang out with on a regular basis should be close to you scripturally and spiritually. This being said, no one is at exactly the same spot. So give a little bit of leeway, but just make sure that they're not dragging you down. The same thing goes for your wife, or for women, your husband. You should look for a man if you're a woman that is going to build you up. Someone who is stronger than you, scripturally and spiritually speaking. Because you are the weaker vessel. It is your place to follow. And if you're spiritually stronger than your husband, it's difficult for you to follow that man. Now for men... You should look for a woman who is strong in the word. A woman who is attractive to you, of course. That is important. Anyone who says it isn't is stupid. You should look for a woman who holds the same type of values you have, spiritually and politically, Because if the important things aren't there, the relationship won't last. You should put your wife's needs at the very top of your to do list. You get home, you're tired, your wife wants sex. A lot of times, guys are just like, I can't do it, sweetie, I'm too tired. Suck it up and be a man. Sleep with your wife. There have been many times I have been too tired. But I do it anyway because I love my wife and I want to take care of her needs. If you can't take care of your wife's needs, that can cause her to fall into sin. That can cause her to go and find someone who will. And adultery is a horrible sin. Care of your wife sexually and physically if you can tell something's wrong try to do something to fix the issue don't press too much but try to find out what's going on and if you can't find out do something sweet the next day bring her flowers or set up a date An unexpected date. If you already have a regular date night, which I expect, you should have a regular date night with your wife, even if it's only once a month. You need to have a date night. If you don't, you're not a real man. Just being blunt there. Not going to sugarcoat it for you. Have a date night. But if your wife is having a hard time or looks like something's wrong, Schedule a date that's unexpected. Set up a reservation. Let her know, hey sweetie, you don't have to cook tonight. Make sure you've got a babysitter. Take her out. Make sure she has a good time. Take her for a movie that she'll enjoy. Or, if you have a theater, take her to a play or an opera, just something you know that she will enjoy herself. But the main thing here that I was going to discuss before I fell into this tangent, be yoked evenly with your church. If you're stronger spiritually than your pastor, you don't belong there. If three-quarters of your congregation are going out every Friday night and getting plastered and then coming back on Sunday and expecting to act like nothing happened, you don't belong there. If your church is teaching doctrine you know for a fact to be false doctrine, you don't belong there. You need to be in a church that teaches what you believe. Or, preferably, you need to be in a church that teaches the truth. And if you don't believe that truth, you need to get in line. Here are some examples. There are many churches that teach women can be leaders within the church hierarchy. That is not the case. It is a false doctrine and it is evil. scripture clearly states only men can be in leadership positions within the church now outside of the church doesn't matter but within the church men are to lead that's in 1st timothy it's one of the best places to find that but there are other places but here i'll just send you to 1st timothy read up on it yourself Another false doctrine is any church that teaches that you can never drink. Or any church that teaches it doesn't matter how much you drink. Moderation is scripturally the key to alcohol and drinking. We should enjoy the fruits of the vine and we should enjoy alcohol. But we should do it to a point to where we stay sober. We should be able to feel the effect, you know, nice, warm, happy, but we should still have our sensibilities to us. We should not be going around and just doing typical drunk things. If you become the mere guy, You know I'm talking about that guy who's like... Hey! Mayor! You've taken it too far. If you are unable to walk in a straight line... You've taken it too far. If you wake up in the bed of a woman you've never met... You've taken it too far. If you come home... And your wife is trying to help you out of your clothing, and you say, Hey lady, don't touch me, I'm married. You've taken it too far, but I will give you credit for that one. If you do that one, you were so drunk you didn't recognize your wife, but you knew you had a wife. That is way better than a lot of men do when they're drunk. So I'll give you credit for that one. You really love your wife there. We should drink in a way that is glorifying God. A glass of wine with dinner is wonderful, and definitely something I suggest. Or a mixed drink like a Manhattan with dinner, or even a whiskey. Now, of course, this shouldn't be the only thing you have with dinner. A glass of water or a glass of juice is an excellent choice. Your children should be able to see you drink and understand that alcohol is not bad. But they should realize and see when you drink that you don't get angry. You don't hit your wife. You don't cuss. You're still you. And there isn't a real change when you drink. That's the key finding your limit. Where can I go and drink? How many can I have before I lose my sensibilities? And don't go past that. To go past that point is sinful. Now, to abstain from alcohol completely because you think it's against God is also sinful. Because God clearly teaches that he wants you to enjoy that. Now, if you have a problem with alcohol, and you can't stop, it is not sinful to abstain. That is a reason to abstain. And there are people like that. If that's your weakness, if that's your stumbling point, abstain. And don't let anyone talk you into it. But, if you think you'll go to hell for having one beer or one glass of wine, get off your high horse and read Scripture. Scripture does not say never to drink. It says to keep of sober judgment. It says that a deacon should not be a man who is given to much wine, Now that right there in itself says a deacon can drink alcohol. You need to find the balance. Another false gospel that you need to watch out for, and this is the most dangerous of them all, is that you can lose your salvation. You can't. It's impossible. If you are truly saved, then you're saved. And it doesn't matter how long you've strayed from the path. You can come back, and God will accept you with open arms. Now, if we're saved, we should want to have works and to do the things of God. But... Faith without deeds does exist. There are people who got saved and just didn't do anything with it. Those people will be very sad on Judgment Day. I would be so sad if I had nothing to lay at the feet of Jesus. I praise God for the fact that I'm doing my best to do the work of the Lord. And it's not me. This is God. Because there is no good in me. I am a human. I am flawed. The good in me comes from God. The same thing with you. And we need to find people who bring that good out to the surface people who have God within them, because when two or more gather in his name, he's there, and great things can happen. But those things can be limited when you spend time with people and churches that are not evenly yoked with you. If you're a 7 on the, say, 1 out of 10, if you're 7 on the spiritual strength scale, and your pastor is a 6, you need to go somewhere where the pastor is at least an 8. Personally, if you're a 7, it would be much better to have a pastor who was a 9 or a 10. Now, if you're a 9 or a 10, don't expect to have a pastor who is above you. Just try to get one who's where you are.
1: If you have a
0: past, if you're a 9, look for a pastor who's a 9 or a 10. If you're a 10, look for a pastor who is a 10. Or a novel idea. Start your own small group. Now, if you aren't called to preach, do not become a preacher. I severely doubt you're going to be a 10 on the spiritual strength scale and not be called into some form of higher ministry, unless you're 60 years old. If you're 60 years old and you've been a Christian for 40 or 50 years and you aren't a 9 or a 10 on the spiritual strength scale, you need to look and see what you're doing because you are doing it wrong. Call your pastor. Right now, and tell him you need prayer. Email me. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, something. Let me know you need prayer, that you aren't where you need to be. I'll tell you what, if I get enough emails about that, I will start having church services on YouTube and on podcast channels every week for those people. I will write a sermon every single week specifically for this. If I can even get five people who need it. But just make sure you are being spiritually fed in some way. I don't care if you've got to get your ministry online. Kent Hovind and Matthew Powell are wonderful ministers. There are other ministers online too, Stephen Anderson, and there's probably some that I don't even know about. But just find one that matches where you are and where you want to be. And have a goal. I don't care what your goal is. Have some form of ministry goal, number one. And I don't care if it's, I want to lead one person to the Lord this year. Make that happen. A good way is door knocking. Always do it in pairs, though. But just have a goal for ministry. Maybe your ministry is giving away money. Maybe you suck at everything else, but you're good at making money. Well, become a generous giver. You see a guy on the street? Looks like you could use a few bucks, give him a few bucks. You see a ministry that needs help? Give that money to to the ministry. If all you're good at is making money, share the wealth. But everyone is good at something. Everyone. If all you're good at is picking up heavy stuff, go start offering your services to people free of charge. Do it. One day a month, one day a week, whatever. But offer your services to people on a certain time frame, free of charge. Need your living room rearranged? I'll do it. Oh, you need that refrigerator moved, call me. If you're good at driving, find one day a week, one day a month, something, and drive people to places they need to go. There's a lot of people who can't drive for medical issues or just because they're old. Don't ask for gas money. That's your ministry. Tell them, hey, you know, you need to go here, I'll take you. I don't care if it's 50 miles away. You do not ask for a dime of gas money. God will supply it. The last thing to do is to look for a church that is building something. You want to become greater than where you were a year ago. As always, I love you all, and God bless.